0: Well, Lake Point, we just finished a holiday that you either love with all of your heart or you despise it with all of your might. Some of you in the room today, you are those who despise this holiday called Valentine's Day, and maybe for many reasons, maybe you have a story that doesn't allow you to love Valentine's Day a lot, maybe you're a nonconformist and there's no way the flower industry is gonna make any money off of you on a made-up holiday, right? (laughs) Yet, there's the other side of the crowd who, man, when it comes to Valentine's Day, you are all in. You're buying the chocolates, you're buying the flowers, you're booking the right romantic reservation, you even got your Cupid tattoo on your entire back. You love Valentine's Day with all of your heart. It's an interesting holiday to say the least. I looked up a stat this week that annually, on Valentine's Day, worldwide, we will spend 19 billion with a B dollars on teddy bears and jewelry. Isn't that a little crazy, y'all? Think about this, 19 billion dollars we spend to show the people around us that we love them. Now, to put some context around what kind of money that is, the United Nations recently released a stat that for 30 billion dollars, we can alleviate world hunger each and every year. All right, so for you mathematicians in the room, that means every Valentine's Day, we spend two-thirds of the amount of money it would take to cure world hunger. How you feeling about your Russell Stovers right now, is what I wanna ask, okay? And millennials, where are my millennials at? Where are my people at? Millennials in the room, raise a hand. We're even worse at this. There's a stat that says that one out of every three millennials will spend more money on their pet than on someone significant in their life. Millennials, we need to have a talk, okay? There's something wrong here. And so I I did what I shouldn't have done. I Googled what does a millennial buy for their dog or cat, and this came up. (laughs) Millennials, we gotta talk. There's a little something going on. Like, you need to get off Etsy and get off Pinterest. Why does a pug need a hat? Okay, I'm just asking the question. That each and every year, this interesting holiday comes around and we spend all this time, all this energy, all this money to tell people that we love them. And I just wonder, for $19 billion dollars, Are we doing an accurate job of showing those in our lives that we care? Or is there something deeper to this idea of love? Is there something deeper to what it looks like to love the people that are in our lives well? And you might go, well of course there is. Of course there's something deeper than just a box of chocolates to show those that we love that we care. I don't wanna ask the question this day, how are you doing at asking yourself, how do I do at loving those around me? Are you ever asking that question? Stopping in the busyness of life and asking that question, how am I doing it loving those who are around me? So what we're gonna find today as we begin to dive into the word of God is that love has a much deeper meaning than just these feel-good moments. And the love that we're talking about today isn't just romantic love, so if you're single in the room, don't check out. If you're a high school student in the room, don't check out. This is a love that is overwhelming out of the love of Jesus Christ. That this isn't a love that's just a brotherly love or a romantic love. This is a love that we will talk about today that only happens because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And so no matter where you're at in the room today, this is a message for you. Maybe today you're sitting here disconnected from God. That you stumbled into church for whatever reason today and I want you to know this message is for you. That whether you know him or not, we all feel this desire to love And most of us feel this desire to show love well. So I want us to look at a text today out of the scripture that begins to unpack how we show love well. If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to open it to 1 John chapter three is where we'll be this morning. And 1 John chapter three, just so you know, this is written to a group of believers. It's written to people who have professed their faith in Jesus, but if that's not you yet, hang on for the ride. Because what I think you're gonna find is a deeper meaning at what love truly is. 1 John chapter three, Verse 16, this is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Now press pause on this for a second. That This scripture is written to those of us who already know Jesus, but it's written that our love would be shown to our brothers and sisters. What that means is those of us who are a part of the body of Christ, that this is how we are to love one another and that when we do, the world will see something different and they will take note. Keep reading verse 17. Now, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Today, we're gonna dive deeper into this text to see an entirely new level of love a love without strings attached, a love that could only have been given through the sacrifice of Jesus. And what we're gonna find, and it's the first truth that we're gonna uncover today, that love is defined by sacrifice. That love, in its essence, is defined by sacrifice. Notice what 1 John 3 says that it says this is how we know what love is. Now, if they'd had Wikipedia in the Bible days, they would've said the following is the definition that we're gonna put on the screen for what love is. That we're gonna paint a picture of the definition of love through what comes next. That Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Notice this, that Christ wrote the book of love by laying down his life. That he defined love through his sacrifice. It wasn't through a feel good moment. It wasn't through a box of chocolates. 19 billion bucks could not touch what Jesus was showing through his sacrifice. And notice what it says. And we, those who have already experienced God's love, ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Notice what we're called to. That just as Jesus laid down his life for us, we are called to lay down our lives for those that we encounter. That there is this intrinsic relationship by us having experienced God's sacrifice and then us being a people that take that same sacrifice out. So I wanna ask that question, how sacrificial is your love? Is the love that you show the people around you cheap or is it costly? The, the nature of true love is that it always costs something dear. For our God, it cost him His son. And I wanna ask, is the love that you show cheap or is it costly? See, the danger of love without sacrifice is that it is love with strings attached. It's always true that love without sacrifice always has strings attached. Let me explain that to you. This past Christmas, my wife and I, every year, we sit down and we begin to make our Christmas list of who we're gonna buy for. Some of you do this same habit. And I'm the guy that every time we sit there and she writes a name on the list, I say, hang on a second. Now, this guy hasn't bought us a gift for the past three years. Are you sure we need to buy them a Christmas present this year? She loves people more than I do, so we end up buying those gifts, okay? <laughs> but every year, we go through this process. But the love that I'm willing to show is dependent on what someone else has done for me. Love without sacrifice always has strings attached. Think about this, you go to a coffee shop with your friend. You treat it this time. You bought them a latte, and the next time you go to that same coffee shop with that same friend, what's resting in the back of your mind? That darn it, they better pony up and buy you a vanilla latte, otherwise this friendship may not last, y'all. And I want a little extra vanilla in that one, okay? Love without sacrifice always has strings attached. You're willing to give to the nonprofit as long as that nonprofit gives back to you some Thin Mints and Tagalongs, right? But love without sacrifice always has strings attached. And this is what's so baffling about the love of Jesus. That he gave it freely, regardless of what our response was going to be. He gave it knowing that we were in full-on rebellion of him. He gave it with no strings attached. That is the nature of true sacrificial love. So I wanna ask, how do we do this? How do we begin to love those who are in our lives like Jesus loved us? And I think we're gonna find it in Scripture that love is shown through our generosity. It's the second truth that I want you to know today, that love is shown through our generosity. Notice what verse 17 says. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? If you have your worship guide, circle this word, material possessions, because what John is calling us to is a spirit of generosity. And I wonder, are you giving in a way that is sacrificially generous? That that it hurts a little bit that you gave so much? Or have you given just enough that you feel like you checked the box and you feel like God's okay with you? See, what John is presenting is a deeper level of generosity than what we normally would experience. A generosity that is based on the foundation of sacrifice. I've got a little three-year-old boy His name is Cedar and one of the things that he loves to do is to build towers. And so we get in the habit a lot of taking his building blocks and we build towers as tall as we can. He has a goal that that tower would become taller than him so that he can back up across the room, run full steam ahead, barreling through the tower, creating chaos in our living room. Now, this little boy, something happens though that he begins to build these towers and he doesn't quite understand the laws of physics He doesn't quite understand how foundations work and he begins to put the blocks in spots to where always the tower crumbles. And what happens is it crumbles before it gets to the heights that he had expected. Now, if you've ever had a toddler or maybe you're the grandparent of a toddler, mine is one of those toddlers that things need to go according to plan. And when it doesn't, the wheels come off, (laughs) y'all. Tears, gnashing of teeth, it's a rough couple of minutes, okay? So what we've done is we've begun to teach cedar already The laws of physics, I'm teaching him to be an architect. Teaching him the importance of a strong base to begin building our tower on. That we've gotta have a firm foundation for the tower to sustain itself. And the same principle is true of love. That we have to have a foundation that is built on sacrifice for the love that you and I are gonna share with those around us. That anything less has strings attached. So how do we do this with our generosity? How do we do this with the finances or the things that God has given us? How do we use our money in a sacrificial way? There's a story that comes out of Luke chapter 21 and it's about a woman who understood how to allow her generosity to be based out of her sacrifice. That the story unfolds with Jesus in the temple. And there's a collection box that the rich and the wealthy are coming by and depositing their money into. A normal ebb and flow of the day. Then all of a sudden, the story changes. A new character is introduced. This woman comes in that the Bible tells us is a poor widow. She comes in with not much, but two small copper coins that she places in the collection box. Now, to our standards of the day, this would be like us giving two pennies into the plate. Not a big sacrifice, one might think. Yet Jesus redefines generosity He says this in Luke chapter 21, verse three. As the whole crowd is watching, he says, truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all of the others. Now, if I'm sitting there and I'm one of these wealthy folks, I'm going, do you not realize how much I just put in the plate? She put in two pennies. But notice how Christ rearranges their thoughts on generosity. All of these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. See, sacrificial giving means that we give to the point that it's uncomfortable. And I wonder how you measure your generosity. What if we began to see that generosity is measured not by how much we give, but by how much we keep? How sacrificial are you being with what God has given you? Are you giving to the point that it gets uncomfortable, or are you giving just enough to feel okay about it all? I wanna tell you that right now, I am living in a season that I get to experience the fruit of Lake Point's generosity. Uh, That about two months ago, we opened our new campus out in Forney. We've been portable for the past eight years, and I get the privilege of leading that campus week in and week out. So we opened our brand new building, beautiful space. Let me tell you what's happened since we opened those doors. That basically everything has doubled. We went from about 250 people in worship on a Sunday morning to every week over 500 We went from about 120 kids in children's ministry to about 240 kids in children's ministry. So if you wanna come help out rock some Babies, we will take you right now, okay? It's an incredible thing to see the way that God has multiplied what was already going on in Forney because of sacrificial giving from folks like me and you. A really cool story. About three weeks ago, we had our first student come to know the Lord in our new building and she was led to the Lord by a volunteer. Y'all, this is the kind of story that makes my heart sing because it was the new building that her family was drawn to, yet then it was a volunteer that led her to our God. That this is the kind of work that's going on. Families are getting reconnected to church. There are marriages that are being restored in just eight short weeks. So to say I'm excited is an understatement. But here's what I know. I'm living in the fruit of Lake Point's generosity that a couple years ago you were asked to give sacrificially to Impact 2020. And I can remember the conversations that were going on a few years ago as our people knew that our building was on the horizon. And I heard families say, you know what, we're not gonna go to Disney World this year. We're gonna put that money towards this project because we believe in what God can do. You know what, hey Chris, I had this conversation. I've got a third car that I don't ever use. I'm gonna sell that car and give the proceeds to make sure that this building happens that we're living in the fruit of sacrificial generosity. And what we're seeing is God doing incredible things. It's why as a church we're willing to ask you to be a part of the generosity of Lake Point. Not because we think God is gonna smite you if you don't. God doesn't need your money, but God desires your obedience. He desires you to get in the game with sacrificial giving so that when we announce the wins from this stage, you share in those wins as wise as a church, we're unashamed about it, to ask you to be a part of the generosity of Lake Point because we know what God can do when we give sacrificially. Maybe it's not just your money that you need to give, maybe it's your things. But what if you took an inventory this week, that you walked through your house and you said, what are the things that right now are collecting on our shelves? Maybe they're things that I love, but I could help someone in need if I gave those things away. What if we could live with less so that others could live with more? Gotta be a people who are sacrificially generous. Not only that, the scripture teaches us that love is not only shown by its generosity, but love is action oriented. Notice what it says. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and truth. This idea that we would be people of action, that we would get in the game. Here's what I know of action. That for us to be people of action, it will cost us something dear, as any good, true love does. That it will cost us some time and some energy. That for us to go and serve those around us, it will cost us our time and energy. And what I wanna ask is, are you being sacrificial with your time and your energy? That when you look at the calendar from last week, how many of the appointments would you say yes, I was being sacrificial with my time and my energy in that moment? When you get home from work, how often do you see yourself pouring yourself out for your kids or your spouse in a way that they would know that your energy is being done sacrificially? I wanna celebrate something that happened last weekend at Lake Point, that if you were here, you heard Pastor Josh give an incredible sermon about getting in the game, that God has wired each of us to serve in a specific way. And I wanna tell you that 2,100 people last weekend made the jump to say, yes, I'm in to serve. Can we give them a hand this morning? That 2,100 people said, I will give sacrificially of my time and of my energy to serve the people that come here each and every week at Lake Point. And maybe you missed out on the fun of last weekend, so we don't wanna leave you out. That in your worship guide today, if you find your guest info card and you pull it off, on the back side, you're gonna find a card that says, find your place that maybe today is a day you are ready to jump in, ready to find a spot to serve so that you can give sacrificially of your time and your energy. What we're gonna ask you to do is to fill that out, drop it in a box on your way out today, and our staff is gonna follow up with you to make sure that we help you find the spot that God has already wired you to serve right here at Lake Point. But I don't think our serving only takes place at church. That I think it actually begins at home. What you're doing with your kids, what you're doing with your spouse, are you serving them in a way that they would know the love of Jesus through your sacrifice? here's what I know, our kids are watching every move we make. Are you setting an example of God's sacrificial love when you get home from work? I'm gonna be real honest. There are some times that I drive into my driveway after a long day of counseling people or going to meetings, and I do not feel like going in and being a good dad. I don't feel like changing the poopy diapers. I don't feel like getting on the floor and playing with my kid. I don't feel like making dinner for my wife. I wanna just go sit on this couch and put ESPN on. So there are times that I have to call myself and to check or have men who are holding me accountable to make sure when I get home, my kids get my best, not just what's left on the table. So there's a prayer that I've adopted that I sit in my driveway when those moments that I feel like I just don't feel like going inside, and this is the prayer, maybe you need it today to take with you. And I say, God, would you give me the energy to go inside my house today and give my family my best? Now, this is normally about 5.45 in the afternoon when I'm praying this prayer. God, would you give me the energy that my children would know that they are more important to me than my church, that my wife would know that I love her more than I love my congregation at Lake Point. You fill in the gaps with what your profession is, what God has called you to, but know this, that your family is a higher priority than any job that you can hold here on this earth. What would it look like if you began to look for ways to serve your family sacrificially, both with your time and with your energy? How would it change the way that they see your God because they see the way that you love them so well? My goal is that when I hit my pillow at night that I am completely spent because I've gone home and I've outserved what I did from eight to five that day. What would it look like if we as a people took that task on to give our time and to give our energy in a way that is sacrificial? So here's what I know. That we will build a foundation for our love to rest on when we begin to put this motion in. And there's a truth that's at play. That our love will be proven true through our sacrifice. That our love will be proven true through our sacrifice. And I just wonder if that's really the life that you lead. And if not, praise be to God that he will give you a second chance this afternoon to put these actions into play. That our world will know our God by our love and they will know our love by our sacrifice. This is the beauty of those of us who know him, that we have a story to tell. A story about a God who cared enough to come and set our feet on a brand new path. That if you know Jesus, the old life is gone, you have been forgiven of your sins and you are living a brand new life and the way that we will tell the world the goodness of our God is through our sacrifice. That our world will know our God by our love and they will know our love by our sacrifice. And I wanna ask that question, how are you doing today in this? Is your life marked by sacrifice? Or do you go, man, I'm just kinda living a cheap one. The love that I give, it's just, you know, check the box. Sacrificial love gives to the point that it's uncomfortable. How are you doing in comfort when it comes to your time and your money and your energy? That this is how Jesus defined love was through sacrifice. A much greater way of defining love than 19 billion dollars could purchase. He gave it through his life, with no strings attached. That the only agenda of sacrificial love is to pour itself out completely for others. So we ought to do the same. So today, in this moment, I wanna ask that question, how are you doing? Is your life marked by your sacrifice? And if not, what could we do to change that? so the world around us sees our good God because of your actions, because of your time and your energy, because of the way you use your finances. That's the power of sacrificial love. Now, our band has come out, and we're gonna have a moment right now just to sit in this time. And here's what I'm gonna ask. We've got plenty of time. I'm gonna ask that you would not move a muscle, that you wouldn't try to beat the crowd to the parking lot, but you would stay right in this moment and reflect on the goodness of our King That he is a God who came to give life. He's given it to many of us in this room. He is a God who came so that we could share that same sacrificial love with others. So I want you to reflect on the goodness of his love today. So as we enter into this time of reflection, would you join me in a word of prayer this morning? That God, we thank you for your sacrifice. God, we thank you for the fact that you cared enough to give your love with no strings attached, that you gave it for us. God, we praise you for the goodness of who you are and the fact that you were willing to save us, those who had rebelled against you, that you were willing to send your son in a way that poured himself out completely. And I pray that as people that know you, that we would follow suit. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for your love. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This is the kind of love that God showed for you. That it wasn't anything that you could do to earn it. It wasn't how good you were. It wasn't how many good deeds you had done. It was given freely for you. That the story of Jesus coming into this earth and living a perfect life and dying on the cross is a story that is true. It's a story that was given for you. Yet the cross did not hold him. Death could not keep him. He rose again victoriously so that he could give you life. And it wasn't about how good you could be. It was about how good our God is. This is who the story of Jesus is all about, is it's about you. That when he came, he gave his life thinking of you and the fact that we were far from him, that our sin had distanced us from the God of this universe that he came to give himself without strings attached so that we could know him, that Jesus measured love for you by stretching his arms out on the cross and giving his life so that you could know him. Not that you could know about him, but so that your heart could be intertwined with his, that he would take control and lead you And there may be some of you today that you've heard this story played out time and time again, yet you don't yet know him. You've never let him come and take control of your life. And I wanna give you an opportunity right here in this moment to ask the God of this universe to forgive you of where you have messed up and give you the newness of life that he came to provide. So I wanna ask a favor of everyone in this auditorium. Would you bow your head and close your eyes right now? And if you're sitting here today ready to make this decision to follow Jesus and to say yes to allowing him to be in control of your life, would you pray this prayer in your heart, believing in faith that what you say Jesus will take, that he'll say yes if you ask him to forgive you in this moment. Would you pray this prayer? If you're ready to follow Jesus, will you pray this prayer after me? Dear God, I know that I am a sinner. I know that I've messed up and I've fallen short. But I'm asking you, God, to forgive me. I believe in who you are and I believe that what you say is true. So I'm asking you to take control of my life today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you just prayed that prayer, we believe it full well that God says yes. That he is in control of your life in this moment, but I wanna ask a favor of you as a physical response to a spiritual decision, I wanna ask you to raise your hand up in the count of three. That you would raise your hand in the air saying, yes, I have asked God to come live in my heart today. On the count of three, would you raise your hand if you made that decision just now? One, two, three. Would you raise your hand right now? Amen. I keep them up with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you're raising your hand right now, I have another thing that I'd like to ask of you. That before you leave Lake Point today, would you go by our Connection Center, would you stop in our pastor's reception and talk with someone in the Connection Center about the decision that you just made to follow Jesus? that you allowed him to take control, that that's the decision you've made. Would you go and talk with someone today before you leave this campus? If you're online, would you talk with a chat host about the decision that you just made so that we can help you understand what it means to follow him? And would you let me pray for you in this moment? God, we are so grateful for those who raised their hand today, but we're more grateful for you, Jesus that you gave your life freely for us, that you gave your life so that we would know you one day, God, thank you that our sin was not too great for your love to conquer. Lord, I thank you for those in this room that today have gained a brand new life because of you, Jesus, and I pray that as a church we would be able to get behind him and beside him and help him understand what it looks like to follow you well. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. It's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. Thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, join us for our church online live weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit Digital.